everyone, welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing fad supplements. In the beginning, we're going to touch more on like marketing, the legislations and regulations, but then we're going to dive into the false marketing claims first, like evidence-based supplements and nutritional supplements and the uses. We're also going to discuss the toxicity or, for another word, danger of nutritional supplements if used incorrectly. Um, and also just how they can potentially interact with medication. Uh, today we'll also talk about the fat supplements that are raging at the moment, which is collagen, fat burners, detox teas, um, things that promote healthy, and I say that with bunny ears, um, hair, skin, nail formulations, and immune boosters. And then right at the end, we're just going to round off with, the, you know, how, how can you choose the right supplement for you? And there's a lot of juiciness in between that. So I'm just going to let us dive straight into episode two of season three, the podcast with myself and Jess. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to episode two of the new season of the podcast with myself and Jess. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about fad supplements. Uh, Jess is far more uh, clued up on this topic, so I'm just going to be asking as if I'm listening, and it'll be short and sweet, but definitely full of the juiciness. So let's dive straight in with the supplement industry and how they are marketing the legislation, legislation around, <laughs> and the regulations of the supplement industry. So I actually did some research about this, and I must say it's kind of a minefield to navigate you know what are the I, the laws in South Africa have changed over the last two years and they have become stricter but before then we really had there was very little regulation in the supplement industry in South Africa and specifically nutritional supplements so anything that's not considered food or not considered a scheduled drug it falls within the supplement sector of things and there was very little regulation on that. Um, you know, some of the studies that have been done on supplements in South Africa show that, for example, on omega-3 supplements, the amount of actual DHA and EPA in the supplements is not what's claimed on the label. So the label might say, you know, the supplement is 200 milligrams of DHA, and then when the supplement's uh, third-party tested, they find that it has much less than that. And that was like a majority of omega-3 supplements that were tested on the market. Um, and that's the one that's also highlighted quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, whenever I've spoken to people just nonchalantly about supplements, it's one that they're quite aggressive about that they take. Mm-hmm. Um, even before vitamin B12, which is probably more important, not more important, yeah. I mean, it depends on the individual, but like it should still be as important. Yeah. And the omega-3 is always the top one. Like, I can take my omega-3s and I'm like, okay. I think, yeah, as far as I remember, omega-3 is one of the most popular supplements in the world. Sure. Um, there's a lot of claims around omega-3 supplements, and a lot of them are unfounded, you know. Like, people believe it'll bring down their cholesterol or protect them against heart disease or improve brain function, things I've like that. I've heard that a lot. Mm. And what is its main source? Like, what is its main point to taking it if you're deficient in it? So firstly, you can't really test for omega-3 deficiency, so we don't know if anyone's deficient or... That's wild. You know, like, 
over here, you, I mean, I know there are tests available for, for DHA in your blood and things like that, but in South Africa, it's not something you can really test for. So I, I guess it would just be like what I would consider an essential fatty acid deficiency. So like omega-3 is an essential fat. So you obviously need it um, for certain processes in the body. So maybe it would affect you know, your skin, like maybe you would get dry or flaky skin, but it's not like your brain's going to stop working. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Something just crazy is going to happen to you. Kind of what they make you Yeah. So feel. I guess like omega-3 is important for brain functioning, but unless you, and this is like a point I want to make about all supplements, unless you're deficient, taking it will, will not make your brain function better, you know? So, or vitamin B12, for example, is important for energy production. But if you're not deficient, just popping B12 is not going to give you more energy. It's not caffeine. It, it doesn't yeah, yeah. work like that, you know. So nutrients do their job, but, you know, you only need a certain amount of them. You don't need more than what you need. So just taking extra is not really going to do anything. Um, and definitely... There are risks to taking too much nutrients. I was going to say omega or just... Omega-3, there are risks for sure. Like omega-3 is a natural anticoagulant, so it's a blood thinner. So um, if you take super high doses, it can make your blood very thin. That's (laughs) Um, scary. Yeah, it can increase like bleeding tendency. um, And especially for people who have... I guess people who are going in for surgeries, like elective surgeries, we actually tell them to stop taking their omega-3s a few days before so that they can clot properly and heal properly. Because even small doses of omega-3 does like thin your blood a little bit, which is usually healthy for most people. But when you're having a surgery, you don't really want that going on. Um, But then you think about, okay, people walking around, popping high doses of omega-3, and what happens if they have a car accident? Or they fall? (laughs) You know. So if you were to understand what's best for you, there is no actual way of finding it out. So how is it prescribed correctly? So I guess, you know, there's kind of a thing of like, well, there's a certain, you've got to outweigh like risks and benefits. So there's a certain dose where it's unlikely that you would be overdosing or getting more than what your body needs. And then above that, it's likely that you could overdose. So you want to take like a kind of a moderate dose when it comes to supplements, unless you have been been uh, tested and you are deficient in something. Yeah. So I guess like there's a very low risk of anything going wrong when you take low doses of omega-3. But there's also a very high probability that it's not doing anything for you, you know. Um, no, so mean, just because something's not risky, it doesn't mean it's actually helping you. Or and you could just be having really expensive weeds. Yeah. Essentially. Um, yeah. So apart from the mega, let's dive into maybe another supplement that a lot of people would use, which could potentially be something like a protein powder here mm-hmm. in South Africa. Mm-hmm. So maybe let's just dive into a little bit of the marketing and the and the regulations around that. Yeah, so again, protein powders are, they kind of fall in the category of nutritional supplements, so they're not a medication, they're not a food. Um, Lately, since the legislation has changed in the last year or two, I think they have changed it into um, being considered a food, and therefore it's actually more regulated, as in like what they put on the label has to be in that. 
But up until like two years ago, that wasn't the case. So Diskim actually did a study where they took, um, I think, something like 70 brands of protein powders and they tested them or nutritional supplements or sports supplements that they, they stocked. And they tested them and they found most of them did not contain the amount of protein that was stated on the label. So most of them were like filled with fillers. Um, and what would be a filler? Would it differ? Yeah, I, don't, I guess so. I don't even know what, what these companies use as fillers. I would think it's like probably just things like starches, you okay, know, like something yeah, like yeah. a flour, because yeah. that's what protein powder oh looks like, is a flour. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's scary, just like wild. Yeah. Um, so that's that's a huge issue uh, with supplements in general, is that like what is stated on the label is not always what's in the supplement, and it needs to be like third-party tested okay. in order to know what's in it. Um, we are apparently now getting better with that in South Africa, and so it's not basically not well-regulated, and the claims on the labels are not well-regulated. So that's a, a huge issue. Um, the other issue with sports supplements actually is that they can be contaminated with banned substances. And would that be like the um, pre workouts and stuff like that? Yeah, even protein powders, a lot of the protein powders, there was also um, at some point there was a scandal that happened where some athletes, I think it was the Springboks, got, got uh, tested for banned substances and it came back positive and they were using sports supplements that's all they were using and then they had to go back and test the sports supplements that they were using and they found that they had been contaminated so it's not stated on the label that it's got you know steroids in it oh my gosh but imagine okay that's like going back into our first episode imagine you have a hormone imbalance mm-hmm. and you are someone who's let's just say like an athlete as well and you're trying to eat your period and on top of maybe the restriction and the over-exercising, you're putting your body through supplements that are essentially not regulated. Yeah. And you're putting another hormone into your body. That's just like an ecosystem of disaster. Yeah. And I mean, if you're a oh professional athlete, it can destroy your whole career if That's you get busted for, for taking in banned substances, even unknowingly, it can still disqualify you from competition. So athletes need to be really careful there are external bodies that test for these things i know in south africa there's a external body called informed sport and informed choice and they do they do like batch testing so they'll take you know and the brands that do batch testing through them those are the brands that athletes usually use because they know that they're safe so they'll take you know let's say one of every 10 batches they'll just take a sample and test it for banned substances to check that it's yeah. got nothing in it I mean it's much easier that way and it's not always the company that's doing it it's just that maybe the company's buying ingredients from the east and the ingredients are being spiked or um, just yeah kind of cross contaminated yeah so I guess I, I think it's important for people to be aware that you just have to be careful when it comes to what supplements you use and why you use them and really weigh up the pros and cons so with the false i mean with the false well <laughs> with the supplement industry there can also come false marketing claims mm-hmm. so how does one go about or what what conversation can we bring about with the false marketing claims versus the evidence-based supplements and like a, maybe a little bit of a guide 
of which one or how to go about looking yeah. at a supplement maybe? I think the most important thing, like the most important guideline that I would give people is to not listen to the company itself about why you should take the supplement. So, you know, um, there are certain marketing claims. Marketing claims are regulated. So companies can't really say things that are completely false um, in South Africa. They have to, for example, for protein powders, if a company wants to make a claim, it has to be evidence-based. So it might be something like... Um, protein supplements have been shown to enhance like muscle recovery or something like that you know um that doesn't mean that taking a protein supplement magically enhances muscle recovery it just means under certain circumstances it has been shown to improve certain things you know so i think you know to an extent companies can't completely outrightly lie to you but they can twist things a little bit for it to sound more like it will benefit you. yes the word i always see where i question is when they say may yes and then i'm like hmm. yes. then my alert call goes off and i'm like it may well then i'm not lying <laughs> and legally they can't say it will because yeah. it, they don't know that it will so they have to say it may um that's like actually them sticking to legislation but you know, obviously that means that probably it's not going to do anything. Exactly. Well, that's what I read, at least. Yeah. When I see may, I'm like, that's like, maybe, that, that means no. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's really important to realise that, like, the legislation that's in place in South Africa doesn't apply to, like, uh, international companies. So if you buy vitamins or supplements online through an international website they maybe i don't know it depends on what the legislation is in that country they can yeah, maybe make important. false marketing claims um they aren't maybe you know testing for banned substances so you have to kind of know where your supplements are coming from so knowing where our supplements are coming from and then knowing their uses so the nutritional supplements basically and their uses mm -hmm. what can we chat about on that topic so I think what I just want people to be aware of is that there is a huge overuse of supplements in the world. I mean, the supplement industry is a huge industry. It's so big. Yeah. I, I truly don't know if everyone really knows. Well, maybe they do because the pharmaceutical yes. space is scary. But yeah. And it's growing every year. So the supplement yeah. industry just continues to grow and the reason it continues to grow is because I guess they continue to come up with new products that they convince us that we need in order to be healthy and they continue to convince more people to take supplements you know and at the end of the day in my mind as a dietitian you only need supplements for something that you're not getting enough of from your diet like that's what a supplement is is it's something that supplements a gap in your diet um, so it's either if you are, you know, not getting enough of a food in your diet, or maybe you have a deficiency in a certain nutrient, and therefore you need to supplement because you need high dosages of that nutrient. Um, but that's the only circumstance I would use supplements under. Like that's what supplements are for. They're not for like magically making your hair more shiny. They don't do things like that. <laughs> what are your thoughts on collagen? that we're talking about that yeah. would that be considered a supplement or is that a diet like a part of a diet so it, food? 
it's a dietary supplement. So when you take like collagen powder or collagen capsules, that's considered a dietary supplement. Okay. Um, it's also in my mind, it's one of these things that like a few years ago it didn't exist. Like no that's one was why, talking that's about. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. It's one of the newest ones, and I also find that on the topic of what you said that there's always more supplements coming out, and it really does, in my mind, tie into wellness. It's like how can we promote people living longer, looking younger. Uh, and feeling in inverted commas healthier what what like pull can we give that because mm-hmm. it's quick and people love quick yeah you know so yeah i just find it very interesting when i saw the collagen thing come up um and it's just all over my news feed yeah everyone's taking it all my patients want to take collagen like everyone's asking me about it all the time they are like i even see like you know protein bars with collagen now yeah. so like everything has collagen added to it um, I feel like it was protein a few years ago. Like yes. everything had to have protein, and not everything has to have collagen. Yeah, I just I don't know. I find it very interesting. It's also like there've been phases. There've been like probiotics were big ones, yes. and prebiotics. Like every like cereals have prebiotics added to them. Just eat a, a sweet potato. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Anyways, cereal does have prebiotics, and but now they could make the claim, you know. Um, that's also my biggest pet peeve and I know yeah. that this isn't like supplement related but it's when people put in that like a product has something when it naturally has something yeah. or doesn't have something like a uh, cream being gluten free I'm like I don't understand yeah. why or sugar free they'll be like <laughs> yeah like why yeah. it didn't happen in the first place it doesn't need to be stated yeah. I think there is like a law around that where they have to say that it's naturally gluten free so they yeah. can't say, like, they took out the gluten. They have to be like, it doesn't have gluten. Therefore, I can't put the new on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think, I think um, just ugh, on the note of collagen, it really is one of those supplements I, I think someone came up with and they were like, we have to convince people <laughs> that they need this to look younger and more beautiful and, you know, sell more products, basically, because there really is no research to back it up. There's no scientific research to That's show... That's so good to know, because I didn't know there was no, like, official research. Yeah. There are there's some studies that have kind of had, like, mixed results or some, like, slightly positive results, but they just can't really... Like, say, it was that. ...say outright that this mm-hmm. collagen is effective, because at the end of the day, collagen's a protein, right? So, you know, when they do studies on collagen and they're giving people collagen supplements, maybe they, their hair improves or their skin improves or something like that, but maybe it's because they're getting more protein in their diet. So you don't know whether it's specifically collagen as a protein that's been so beneficial or just like in general eating more protein. Um, I really think people can just do protein powders and it will do the same thing as collagen. And we like a fraction of the price. Yeah, and not even do protein powders, just eat enough protein in your diet. Because basically your body makes its own collagen. It makes it from from protein, from amino acids and from vitamin C and things like that. So if you if you're well nourished, there's no reason why you can't make your own collagen. Um, and if we didn't have collagen, we would all die. So <laughs> we would just fall apart. Yeah, like we wouldn't be here. Obviously your collagen declines with age, but that's that's just your body prioritizing different things as you yes. age and you can't you can't make it go back to prioritizing collagen by feeding it collagen. It doesn't work like that. Your body will digest the collagen, it will become amino acids, and it will just get absorbed and be used as protein at the end of the day. It won't like magically inject itself into your skin or something like that, like into your cheeks. 
I also feel like it ties into the comment in the first episode where we were just like, you just need to get to the point of acceptance, like accepting yeah. that your body needs to gain weight and accepting that you will not be young forever. Mm-hmm. And there is a limit to the supplements and like taking too many that might actually be potentially damaging to your body. And I feel like that goes into our next point where we wanted to chat about like toxicity and the danger of nutritional supplements Mm -hmm. and maybe we can even touch on like the interaction of having medication and taking supplements as well yeah so i mean like i said i guess people don't know this but they're all supplements in my mind all nutrients even so whether you're taking i don't know vitamin a or vitamin d or iron or omega-3s they all have there's such a thing as like a toxic level of all of your nutrients and people don't realize this they just think well you can never have too much you know of a good thing but it doesn't work like that like you know there are dosage recommendations for all these things you can get too much of them and too much can cause serious side effects um for example too much vitamin C can actually cause kidney stones. And I see people just popping vitamin C, like it's no big deal, like 2,000 milligrams, you know? Um, No food for me. Yeah, and the day it's crazy. (laughs) I actually had a patient once who who had kidney stones and he was like, it was like not why he came to me, but he was like, by the way, do you know how I can prevent that happening again? And I was like, how much vitamin C are you taking? And he was like taking 2000 milligrams a day, um, which is by the way, like the upper limit for your dose for vitamin C is thousand milligrams. Anything above that is not considered safe. Um, and your daily dose is something like 250 milligrams. So you, if you're taking a thousand, you're already taking, you know, four times your daily dose. Now, if you're taking 2000, you're taking like 10 times your daily dose. So I, I was like, who told you to take 2000? He's like, no, I'm part of this running club. And my running coach said to prevent us getting like colds in winter, we should, we should take that much I vitamin C. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Like, I'm sure it affects the body to some degree, but not to that point. Like yeah. taking that much medication. No. Well, I mean, vitamin C helps with immune function. And they say, you know, what there have been some studies which are like, if you take vitamin C at the first signs of a cold or flu, it kind of slows the progression and it makes it less severe but that's only once you start getting it it's yeah. not like going to prevent it from happening like ever again yeah so um and obviously i was annoyed that like an unqualified person gave him supplement advice um but i also feel like it's the responsibility of the person to also be like you're not qualified maybe yeah. i should check with someone else yeah like that's where i feel like a lot of people on social media are potentially getting informed information because maybe they don't have access to qualified information so they're willing to take the free and the free sometimes comes with those side effects mm-hmm. which then inevitably sends them to the qualified person yeah. <laughs> so it's like this vicious cycle like just that's always what people say they come yeah. to me questions and my dms i'm like here's another professional yeah just please go straight to a professional if you have some kind of like medical question yeah don't some things should not be for free and really the irony the irony of it is that people are like trying (laughs) (laughs) um 
people are trying to save money, right? Like by not going to medical professionals and getting free advice. But in the end, they end up spending more money because they basically give themselves complications, which cost money. And they spend money unnecessarily on supplements. Yeah. And then they still end up needing to go to a medical professional. And so it's expensive. Yeah, it's crazy. When I first got, um, when I first buy a medical professional, went for a blood test and saw all the things that I was now deficient in and having to build my... Um, I guess I would just say, for lack of a better word, stores back up for those. I can't. I was spending like two thousand rand a month mm-hmm. on supplements. I have never been more relieved not to take supplements in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Soon after I got my test results back, she was like, "No, you can like you just need to take this one that has a very small dose of each one that you need, mm-hmm. and like that's enough." Mm-hmm. And even that one, I hate taking. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I guess like people don't know but i would love it if they did know that supplements can be toxic they can be dangerous and that you should not take too much and you should also not um cross dose so like what i find some people do is they'll be taking a multivitamin like let's let's stay with vitamin c as the example so they'll take a multivitamin they don't realize that there's vitamin c in their multivitamin plus then they're taking an immune booster which has vitamin c Plus, they're taking, I don't know, let's say a collagen supplement, which often also has vitamin C. Oh, my gosh. And then they're taking three times the amount of vitamin C that they need. Plus, they're eating vitamin C. So, like, those are things that I always check on with my patients. I'm like, bring your supplement bottles in. I, like, read what's in everything. And that's good. And like, I check. Getting a good scope of yeah. the person's intake. One vitamin that I want, supplement I'm actually curious to know about because it's the one that I take... Not all the time, it just depends on like how I'm feeling, is magnesium. Mm-hmm. So I take magnesium glyce... Glycinate. Glycinate. Mm-hmm. Was it this there's, there's C in the G. There's... There's magnesium citrate? Yes. And magnesium glycinate, yeah. So I take the one that in, helps me sleep, basically. Okay. Um, but I also take the Costol, which has a small dose of magnesium in. So I would be interested to know what would be, what is it maybe a common result of overconsumption of magnesium? I actually don't know. I, but, you know, magnesium is sort of... Because isn't it a bit of a diuretic? Like, it can be. So it kind of is um, an electrolyte in my mind, like along with potassium, sodium, yeah. potassium, sodium, magnesium, and they all kind of work together. And the balance of those in your body is quite important because... Um, they do electrolytes are like electrically electrically charged so they affect the electric pulses that go to your heart basically so you know I don't know if you know these stories where like people will be running comrades and they'll have like a heart attack or something um, or they'll just drop over (laughs) and that's usually caused by um, electrolyte imbalances that happen through sweating out your when you sweat you sweat out your water and electrolytes and then not replacing the electrolytes correctly but just replacing the water so you're basically diluting the electrolytes in your body which is what happens when people sometimes do like crazy races and things like that and then because of that it affects like the pulses going to your heart and you can actually have like heart palpitations or um arrhythmias or whatever and sometimes people pass out it's not always like they die so definitely um i'm very cautious of like electrolyte supplementation um and magnesium is an electrolyte and i know that magnesium 
overdose can affect the pulses and like the rhythms of your heart so i mean how wild is that yeah you have to be careful like i know people like just take slow mag right when they go for a run they're like oh i'll just take a slow mag because apparently it helps with muscle recovery or stiffness or whatever and i have patients like popping slow mags like three times a day and you gotta you gotta be careful three times a day that's not me wow they'll be like one before bed one after my run you know it's like just go wrong yeah (laughs) or like warm up cool down you know no that's i mean like that's something i find really interesting so i mean i personally am going to take that little nugget away and do a bit of research on that because that is a supplement that i take and i do work out i'd say more than average Mm -hmm. so i just feel like it's something to be aware of yeah and when you have things that made me question in your body i just think it is important to question them with a professional so yeah yeah, that's super that's very like educational i don't know if you want to maybe touch on any other um supplements that people would take on the reg that could potentially have an effect so we've spoke about vitamin c and magnesium now is there another one like there's lots. I think every supplement so can have, can have yeah, like iron, for example. I see a lot of women just taking iron. I also, because I'm plant-based and I see a lot of plant-based patients. Oh, no, it makes me so constipated. Yes, so it has, <laughs> it has side effects. It's horrible. I can't take it. Yeah, sure it definitely like causes constipation, stomach pain. It can cause nausea, um, black stools, which yeah. no one talks about. No, I've had all of those. Yeah. I was taking it in the beginning of my Hashimoto's recovery. I had to go and start with an A and the, the bottle was like reddish. Baldrin, yes. I was like, I can't do this yeah, anymore. Like, I haven't gone to the bathroom in three days. Yeah. Like, my mental health is now at stake. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, iron's a big one. And so that's like the one, the one side of iron supplements is the side effects. But the other side is if you don't, so iron's a pro-oxidant in the body. So it actually causes like oxidative damage. Oh my goodness. Um, and it also enhances like bacterial growth a little bit so um you know so firstly if you have if you're sick with a bacterial infection you should not take iron during that time that is something people don't know about i didn't know that. Um, so bacteria like a gut well let's say or something you let's say you have like laryngitis or bronchitis oh, or something wow, like okay. that so even up in the respiratory yeah like you have just a bacterial infection iron supplements can kind of enhance the growth of bacteria um bacteria like iron apparently and because it so iron overload in the body causes oxidative damage so not like normal iron levels not like just taking iron supplements causes oxidative damage but if you have iron overload so you have too much iron in your body that causes oxidative damage to your organs um you know there's actually a medical condition called hemochromatosis which is when people like don't metabolize iron properly and they have iron overload all the time and they have serious health problems from that they have you know liver damage kidney damage um loss of fertility like a lot of things so people just like willy-nilly popping iron supplements basically what could be happening is you have normal iron levels you've never had a blood test and now you're giving yourself an iron overload so yeah, I don't want to scare people. No, and but I just think it's good to question. That's my yeah. biggest thing is it's not about enforcing fear, but rather just having an educated conversation with your practitioner when you go. Yeah. To be like, I understand this because I know that I have these symptoms or I take these supplements and this is where I'm not feeling well and let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Yeah. 
I don't think enough people have conversations. Yeah. Um, they just take the advice or yeah. they give a, a not so much of a... They, they kind of explain, but maybe not from a place of understanding of their body. They're yeah. Like, oh, but I think it's this. Yeah. And meanwhile, it's really not that. Yeah. Um, and there are obviously there are supplements that are generally like safe and don't have side effects like multivitamins are generally always safe anyone can take them they don't just because of the low doses they're low doses so they're not going to cause overdose of anything usually and unless you go and take the whole bottle you know but if you're taking like according to the package instructions I'm not going to lie as a kid I almost did because I used to love those gummy berry like they ones were so good I would still eat those, like, the whole bottle yeah. straight. So they're, they're always, like, all probiotics. Those are kind of supplements that are usually always safe, you know? Do you feel like... Because, like, I've, I've had times where I've taken probiotics. Okay, maybe it's not, not safe, but maybe just sometimes they just don't work. Mm. I've definitely had probiotics that I didn't feel anything. Like. Yeah, no, for sure. There's then, actually a lot of uh, discussion at the moment around, like, the efficacy of probiotics for yeah. certain conditions. Like... For IBS, there isn't enough research to be telling people to take probiotics. Um, that I would love to dig into at one point is IBS yeah. because I struggled with it for a long time and it just reminded me how unique everyone's journey is. Mm-hmm. Mine wasn't even related to anything I was eating or any imbalance. It was completely linked to my anxiety. Mm-hmm. But whatever, ain't going to do anything to that. For sure. Like that's just you having to do a lot of like unpacking yourself. Yeah. Um, but and I, that's something, I mean, we should do a, We should do an episode on that because I, think so. I totally, like the way IBS works is it's literally the way your nervous system is like affecting your gut. And basically when your nervous system is in overdrive, your gut's going to be upside down no matter what you're eating. Exactly. So it actually drives me crazy when I get IBS patients because I'm like, you know nothing that you eat or don't eat is going to like resolve your IBS only you dealing with your mental state is going to resolve your IBS exactly. um, and I learned that with the strangest exposure to just going to India funny enough because I I mean I know we'll go into this into another topic but basically I completely surrendered to the experience and by surrendering I let my anxiety go and my IBS disappeared mm-hmm. and by and you were eating Indian food and I was eating Indian food and that was my like complete conclusion to like yeah. there is nothing wrong with the way I'm eating because yeah. they use garlic and onion and everything and every spice under the sun yeah but that we will definitely touch on that on the topic so you guys can look forward to that but we'll get back into the fad supplements. So mm-hmm. we've touched on, um, on collagen. I think it would be super interesting to touch on like the fat burners, the detox teas, um, the immune boosters that drive me mental. Um, and for me, so when I see people trying to like cure PCOS with powders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... I just, I'll leave it to you. I'll leave it to the expert. All I can give is my frustration, but yeah. Yeah. Let's go straight into it. I think, okay, fat burners are like my pet peeve when it comes to supplements because if there was a supplement that just like made you burn fat, I think everyone would be using it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but fat burners are usually, they can have banned substances in them. They are not always safe um, because they often have things that basically speed up your heart rate. So... If you've got an underlying heart condition, that can be an issue. Um, or if you're using things that are like slowing down your heart rate with a fat burner, it can be dangerous. 
Um, I know there have been reports of people dying from taking fat burners. Um, fat burners are constantly being pulled off the market and detox teas and weight loss capsules and all those things. Mm. Like there's just a constant turnover of basically they will come up with a formulation, they will get it onto the market and as soon as there are like reports of bad reactions then the company is forced to take it off the market and undergo testing um and then usually like that ends up in that product being banned and then they just come up with a new product and so we don't know whether any of these things are safe um so most of them like we don't have good safety data on them I just want to put that out there. So, like, <laughs> you can die from taking these things. That's scary. I mean, you probably won't die, but it's it's scary. Yeah. It's just the yeah. fact that someone goes, I want to sell that. Yeah. just makes me so upset. They just want to make money off There's just people's no insecurities. There's standard yeah. to a product. This is yeah. mind-blowing. And the products that are safe, like, I just want to make that clear that there are products out there that are safe, but they're not effective, like... They like green tea and apple cider vinegar. <laughs> I still don't know about apple cider vinegar. Like, no. <laughs> I mean, I've heard. I, I, I don't know if you watch Abby Sharp. Yes. She's amazing. Yes. Um, and she was speaking about just like. She's just no. She's just like apple cider vinegar. Just no. Just. Stop I mean, it. <laughs> it tastes good. Like if you want to use it as a salad dressing, oh, cool. Just say, like it has a beautiful tang to yeah. it in a meal. Yeah. But drinking it straight drink with like it. water, it just. No. Eating the enamel of your teeth. Yeah, it's really bad for it. your teeth. <laughs> Stop. And I think the claim that people believe is like, oh, it somehow like increases your metabolism. And there there is some research to show that, like, yeah, I can increase your metabolic rate slightly, but it's like two extra calories a day. Like you're not gonna lose weight from that, you know. No, you could just have one less tea and so. then you'll, <laughs> you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, um so I just I guess like, you know, the answer for people who We'll talk about weight loss and stuff in a later episode, but don't don't take supplements to lose weight. It's not no, it's, it's not the answer. It's definitely um, not. And it doesn't work. And if anything, it's risking your health. And then I mean immune boosters on that same topic. Like yeah, I don't see how one product could boost your immune system coming from someone who is slightly immune compromised. Yeah, just like from my own experience, I just yeah. I can't. I mean, obviously, you know, nutrients are important for your immune system to function. And obviously, if you have, you know, um, for example, iron, iron deficiency causes you to be a little bit immune compromised. So obviously, if you have like underlying micronutrient deficiencies, your immune system is not going to work optimally. But taking like an immune booster is not usually going to like resolve deficiencies no. you really need to get diagnosed properly with a, a deficiency and see what you need and if you don't have any deficiencies immune boosters in my mind aren't going to like magically make you immune to everything out there so just with like the immune, bo- immune booster i can't help but think of um places that kind of play on that in a marketing sense with like ginger shots and immune mm-hmm. boosting shots and stuff would that fall into the same category I guess I kind of being like a whole food yeah you know I kind of prefer that approach to the supplement approach yeah. because I like putting attention on the ability of nutrition to yeah. kind of make you healthier because that's actually what I was going to say next is 
when it comes to research on immunity, what we really know is that fruit and vegetable intake is well correlated with healthier people, you know, people being more um, resistant to to infections and to disease. So my answer to everyone is like, just eat your fruits and veg. Like, mm. And it's, there are things in there we can't isolate and put in supplements. It doesn't really work like that. So, um, and aromatics like ginger and garlic and turmeric are also, like there's a lot of research behind those as immune boosters. Yeah, they're not going to magically, like you're not going to prevent yourself from getting COVID or anything from a ginger shot. But um, I'd kind of rather people do things like that as long as they are realistic about it, as long as they know, like, yeah, it's okay, a one, a it's, one fix. like, if you're not eating your fruits and veg, but you're taking ginger shots, it's, even if you're, like, not eating your fruits and veg and drinking green juice every day, that's not going to be the answer, like, that's not going to give you an optimal immune system, so, I guess, like, you have to have a, a holistic approach, and you have to look at your whole diet, and not just ever rely on, like, one product or one food to do something magical for you, like, there's no, like, magic bullet exactly and on that not just thinking one food or one veg i think it comes into play with also not just food but also looking at your lifestyle when it comes to your immune system so the stresses that you have in your life from your work mm-hmm. to your even your family environment um your sleep patterns, your emotional state, like all of these have a huge effect on your immune system and how it compromises it. Coming from experience, that I found was my biggest healer was actually fixing those and leaving the food for heart sick and then came back to that when I felt like I was in a a better space to accept and like surrender to a very, very nourishing diet Mm -hmm. and a less stressful workout routine. And yeah, speaking about workouts also, like high intensity training has been shown to lower your immune system. And people know that, like people know like, oh, if I gym too much, I start getting sick or I start getting a cold. Um, So like I would look into those sorts of things before taking supplements. I guess like what people want is they want to not slow down. They want to not address the deeper issues and they want a supplement to just be a band-aid. Yeah. yeah. The, the not so sustainable lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but then, if you were to need a supplement and you would need guidance, how would you choose the right supplements? <laughs> so, yeah, someone actually asked me this the other day, and like, they're like, how are people who are not educated as health professionals supposed to know how to choose supplements? And my answer is like, you're not supposed to know. Like, you're supposed yeah. to get guidance on those things. Like, it's so hard to navigate the supplement industry and I can't tell like when people message me on Instagram and I've never like met them before I've never assessed them clinically I can't tell them what supplements to take like I need to know like what is your medical history what is your diet like what is your exercise routine like what are your like family medical history and what are your blood tests saying also and then I can tell you what to take so I can't imagine that someone can just like walk through clicks or yeah. disc game and be like, oh, I'm just, I know what to take. Something you said though, which I learned the hard way and it's something I really encourage you to encourage your family to do is to understand their family history. Mm-hmm. So my mom had no idea throughout her whole life that she had an underlying thyroid issue until about four weeks ago when there was a bit of a health scare mm-hmm. and they did tests and they found out. And I was like, do you understand that if you had told me that, 
I would have understood so much more yeah. about my health history and how to deal with Hashimoto's had I known that I was predisposed to something like this. So please, like, if you feel like something's wrong in your body and you go for tests and you don't have any, like, understanding of your family history, get on that. Yeah. Because it helps. It helps yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, but that is all from me on the supplements. Yeah, I um, think we covered it. I think we, I guess, like, from my side, as long as people understand that there are risks to taking supplements and that they don't fall for all the marketing claims and really just, you know, take the supplements that you need to cover the gaps in your diet or to cover yourself for nutrient deficiencies. And that's it. Like, don't mess around with weird, fatty supplements. Yeah. No, just that's, that is your message today. Don't mess around. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for tuning in for episode two, another juicy one. We will see you next week when we break down diet culture, fad diets, we share our stories. It's going to be a really juicy one. So we look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.